Hello and welcome to Pop Off with Michael and Terry, a pop culture review and recommendation podcast with a queer and Mexican point of view. All right. How have you been? Oh, I've been great. Um, uh, tell me why you've been great. Because <laughs> I'm in Hawaii and I've been in Hawaii for quite a while. Um, so every year I go to Hawaii in the winter to take a break from the darkness of Portland. And usually I go for about a couple weeks, which is lovely. And this year I just decided to really push it and come for three weeks, which really worked out to be like the whole month of February. Uh, so it's I've been here since February 4th, I think. And today is the oh. like 20th and like we leave in a couple days. So it's really nice. Oh, no, today's the whatever, 25th. It's nice to like do February because February is such a short month. And if you do three weeks, you just like skip from like late January to March. Um, and oh, OK, so, yeah. So I my friend that lives up in Volcano, I've been staying at her house for two weeks uh, and we just spent two solid weeks hanging out in the jungle. She has this beautiful property that's like mostly off the grid and she has six acres of jungle and she has hammocks everywhere and it's beautiful and she has a great dog and uh, she's my so, bestie. Were you there for the earthquake? I experienced my very first earthquake on this I want to hear all about it. <laughs> I've, ne I've always been so curious about them and like what it feels like. And there's people who are from California, you know, who like have experienced them all the time. So uh, I was in the kitchen. Uh, Willie was in her closet uh, changing and I was like doing dishes and I I just kind of felt obviously a shake and just kind of looked around and I was like, huh, kind of didn't really comprehend it. And then it kept shaking and the whole house was just making clanking sounds and everything was shaking everywhere. And so I just stood there and froze. And now it's like, you know how you handle situations when you're actually in it. And you're like, oh, got it. So if an earthquake happens, I do nothing. I stand there like a like in shock. Well, I, but I think it's also that like, if that's your first earthquake. Yeah, you don't really know. You don't know what's happening. And I like, no I idea. remember the first, the first one I felt when I lived in California, I was like, what is this? What? I'm like, oh my God. Oh my God, my experience my first earthquake. Like yeah. there was this weird like terror, but also excitement, but also I don't know what to do. Yeah. So I imagine that if you're experiencing a I couple, just, maybe you're like, all right, sure. I need to. You I, know. I don't know like the difference of severity. So I don't know if this is a big one or a small one. And then Willie just like bolts out of her closet and like runs past me, like in her underwear, runs outside. And I was like, oh, that's what we do. Oh, got it, got it, got it. So I like followed her outside and then it stopped. But like nothing fell down to us. It didn't for me. It, I was like, I, that didn't seem that scary. Like it didn't feel like things were about to crumble. Um, and it was pretty quick. But then according to everyone else, they're like, that was a really big one. That was a really big one. So I was like, huh, okay. Huh. That felt manageable. Interesting. That, yeah, it, that it's going to be different for everybody, I guess. Yeah, and we were like pretty close to the epicenter of the earthquake. So I think we felt it more than other people. There was like a down oh. uh, power hole, whatever. Yeah. Um, but that was like the only thing I saw. But it was kind of exciting. I don't know. My first earthquake on the Big Island. Yeah. But, like, earthquakes are happening here pretty much all day, every day in different parts. Um, I mean, aside from the earthquake, I'm glad that you get to, you know, that that's your thing that you get to go to Hawaii. You get to like kind of yeah get away from, you know, the darkness of it's the a winter. Big deal. And, yeah. I feel very lucky yeah. to have a friend to stay with. And I've been coming to this Island for like 15 years to the big Island. So I'm very familiar with that. I have my old haunts and my things I like to do. And uh, I like to take a day or two to just like go off on my own and go to my like favorite pokey spot and then go to my favorite beach and drink my favorite beer and then snorkel and swim with fish and just spend a whole that's day so doing cool. that. 
Yeah, and um, it's just really <clears throat> worked out. So, and then Michael came about a week ago, and it was his first time on the island. So I've been able to show him around, and you know, I've been with him for six years, and he's never been out here. And I've been trying to get him to, but he was in grad school or whatever. Uh, so so it was time. It was like a good time to totally. I'm finally like sharing a part of myself he's never got to see. So this is like a whole That's other good. me out here. Yeah, and now we're spending our last uh, four days at a resort on Kona side. So it's completely different oh, than being in like cool. the jungle or the hippie areas. So we're like at a place called Hapuna Beach and it, there's a beach and there's pools and we've just been chilling out hard. It's really lovely. Well, I appreciate that you <laughs> are recording during your vacation. You know, I brought all of my recording stuff because a part of me was, I mean, even when we were saying bye, I was like, I'm bringing my stuff to Hawaii. And you were like, you don't have to. And I was like, you never know. And then <laughs> I, and it's like, yeah, I could take a break from my whole life. But then it's also kind of fun to like record from paradise. So I'm sitting here in, in yeah. my hotel room in my bed and I'm looking out the sand glass doors and there's palm trees. I can look at the ocean and like this landscape of the island in the background. It's it's a crazy spot to record. So I'm happy to. Nice. Yeah. Well, I also recently went somewhere where'd you <laughs> not, go maybe not maybe not as exciting as uh <laughs> hawaii but uh scott and i drove up to vancouver canada that's right um, yep. i love vancouver i mean more mm -hmm. on why we were there later mm -hmm. but but it was just, i mean i just love going there it's like I such an interesting beautiful city i love that it's i mean it's really spread out it's just kind of i don't know there's there's so many interesting things about it like you know they have basically mild four seasons just like we do here, mm -hmm. um, you know, parts of the city look like LA, parts of it look like New York. So no wonder they film everything there. Mm -hmm. You know, there's such a diverse sort of um, population there. Um, and I just really like that city. I, I love every time we go there, but mm -hmm. we did something on a Thursday night. And then because of that, the next day, Scott was not feeling great. So I was like, <laughs> okay, um, I'm going to have my own day. Right. So I literally just like, wandered and i haven't done that in i don't know how long like years mm -hmm. but I, so i looked up one thing and i was like oh i wonder if there's like a comic shop or something close by so i look it up i'm like oh it's like a 15 minute walk perfect right mm -hmm. so i just walked up the street like listened to music um went up to this like um this comic shop called um golden age collectibles and they had like I mean, it was a really great shop. They had like a little pride section too so they had like all the marvel dc pride Fun. stuff mm -hmm. they had like um they featured like work from my friend Travis. Hmm. Um, he he did um, this book called like Black Flamingo. It's like this cool queer book. Anyway, but it was just it's. I always like going to a comic shop in another country because I'm like, oh, I want to see what they have. Did they have any of my work? No, <laughs> but but I I very rarely have ever seen my work in a bookstore, so mm -hmm. it's fine. Yeah. Um, but you know, I got a cool like Dungeons and Dragons comic there. You know, it was it was nice. Um, and then I just and then just wandered like around and i came upon like a daiso you know like that japanese dollar store i love that store mm. and so i bought like a ton of crap there i ran into an h mart which is like an asian grocery store mm. and they had so i don't know if you know like out in beaverton here how they have like uajamaya which is the japanese yeah. grocery store but connected to it they have the little like bookstore that's you that's a uh, kinokuniya mm -hmm. um it was a similar thing they had like h mart which is a grocery store and then connected to it is a store called art box which sells like random cute shit, right? Like I got um a pop socket for my phone just because it had it was like this oh, like Nick lady, ah. and I love it. Um, 
but they had k-pop shit and i was like mm. oh <laughs> yes so i bought myself some stuff you know it was just a nice day i got poke like i was just wandering mm -hmm. back towards the hotel found some poke got that i passed a pizza place that um oh my gosh that's a whole saga i passed a pizza place that i was like oh i want pizza tonight let's have it door dash to the hotel room right um and then when it got delivered scott was like oh i'm excited to see this pizza because it was like a pizza box laying flat right mm -hmm. when the delivery guy pulled it out of his backpack it had been like vertical the whole time okay yeah so he opened it up and the entire pizza was like slid to the one and he was like i am not paying for this mm -hmm. so as he's like on the app like the doordash app like basically telling them what happened i'm like pushing the pizza back trying to like put it back together right and he, he's telling the delivery or the person on the doordash app like what happened and they're like well we can offer you a five dollar credit and all he does is send them a picture of the pizza mm -hmm. and the person's like i'll refund your money <laughs> <Good>. <laughs> so anyway um it was still just a really nice trip um we'll talk about this later but you know that night we had pizza and we watched the premiere of the avatar the last airbender the Ooh, new netflix series yeah. so that was really cool it was just a nice yeah. night and then we drove back um the following day and it was a cute little you know little drive nice weather mm -hmm. so that was that was nice the only other thing happening in my life really is that my new book came out last week Ooh, is and frida kala book yeah so yeah. it's um it's a hugh hq graphic novel so it's the same as like the Cesar Chavez one I did which mm -hmm. which is great because like that was going into a lot of schools and junior highs and elementary schools for kids um and so this one was it's called who was her who was her own work of art Frida Kahlo I did not title it but that's just what it's called mm -hmm. um and um the artworks by Ashanti Fortson it's I'm really proud of it um the reviews so far have been pretty good um and yeah, I'm excited to see, you know, what comes of what comes of this book going out into the world. I'm mm -hmm. I'm very proud that they like didn't ask me to water down anything about her life. Good. You know, like yeah. I was like, I was like, she was queer. She was, you know, like a communist. She was controversial. And they're like, yeah, cool. Mm -hmm. And so it's not a she was born. She did this stuff. And then she died kind of book. They were like, another reason I said yes is because they were like, just choose the most interesting point in her life that you think is the most interesting and write about that mm -hmm. and when i learned that she had <clears throat> had her own her, her first art solo art show in new york city during the great depression um and that she did that because she basically knew that her husband was cheating on her mm -hmm. and um that if she could make a living selling her artwork that she wouldn't have to financially depend on him i was like Oh, that to me is like the stakes of a story. Like I need this show to do well. I want this show to do well. I need to become an independent person. And yeah. right now I'm Mrs. Rivera and I want the world to know me as Frida Kahlo. Mm -hmm. So that's what I wrote about. And I think it's fun. I love <clears> that. <throat> yeah. I need to get copies of your books for our uh, library in our classroom. Oh, I can bring them to you. No yeah. worries. Maybe I should have you come do a little special guest spotlight. Yeah, that'd be fun. Cool. I'm all for it. Yeah. Um, I say it's time to pop off. How about that? <laughs> I love it. Let's do it. All right. Let's pop off about movies. What have you been watching? This is sad. I, I realized I'm like, I haven't seen shit. <laughs> <laughs> and and like the Oscars are coming up. I know. I like, okay. So so there's definitely movies that I want to watch. I'll I'll say this. I started watching Past Lives. Do you know what that is? I know of it, yeah. So it's essentially like a movie about this woman who grew up in Korea she like had a crush on this boy whatever and then she moved 
and as an adult she like is reconnected with him but yeah. she's in a relationship with someone else and, mm-hmm. and and i started watching it and i've seen like after watching minari and like you know some other korean films that were made recently i watched maybe 10 minutes of past lives and i was like this is gonna break my heart i can't do this mm. right now that's so why i turned it off <laughs> i'm still gonna i'm gonna finish it but mm-hmm. but i was like no this is gonna be an amazing movie Mm-hmm. it's going to be sad it's going to break my heart and i i don't know if i can do that so i turned it off but i will finish it um so there's stuff i want to watch for the oscars but the only thing i've really seen recently movie wise i've seen a mm-hmm. ton of tv the only movie i've seen recently is called dicks the musical i've heard nothing but good things about dicks the musical i haven't seen it yet it was really really okay so it was really funny it was really bizarre it was really and megan mullally it's probably one of the i mean it's one of the best characters she's ever played. Mm-hmm. And that's saying something because obviously she has a million Emmys for Karen. Um, right. Nathan Lane was in it. Bowen Yang was in it. Um, <clears throat> Megan Thee Stallion's in it. Um, it's on Max. And th- it's basically the parent trap if it were two boys. Okay. And they like, and it's a musical and they're like, we want to get our parents back together. They look nothing alike because it's two different actors, but they're like, oh my gosh, we look so alike. Like that's the joke. And so when they, when they like pretend to be each other, it's even more of a joke because the parents are like, don't, you know, can't tell that they're a different kid. <laughs> um, <clears throat> but uh, the funny thing about this is that Nathan Lane's character is gay. So like the parents aren't going to get back together. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um. But also, I mean, it's super vulgar, which is like, whatever, I kind of expected that sometimes. And I'm not prude or whatever, but like sometimes like, okay, enough with like make make a different joke. Mm -hmm, Right. mm -hmm. But that was like literally my only critique. It was funny. The music was fun. It was it's worth watching. I think it's really funny. But that's probably the only movie movie I've seen in a while. Yeah. Well, I saw a movie. Have you have we talked about the Triangle of Sadness? We might have. I've seen it and I love that movie. Oof, I don't know how I feel about it. I watched it. Me and me and Willie were just like put it on randomly. And maybe it was you. Like we both have had multiple people tell us to watch it. We we're like, oh, let's do it. And so we put it on. It was nominated for an Oscar last year for the best picture. And I got And that that woman who plays the like the I think the she was kind of like a she was like a cleaner and then she be, kind of becomes yes, like yes 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 yeah. yeah she was nominated for a ton of awards for that role too really well mm-hmm. i didn't know what to expect from my from my understanding is people would say oh you like below deck you should watch this movie because it's very below deck <laughs> and i was like cool i love it and you know the title was kind of turning me off i was like is it gonna be sad i don't know but it was it was there are parts of it that were deeply disturbing. It was a movie yeah. that really stuck to me in ways that I wanted it to unstick to me and I couldn't. So oh, it was like a movie that I, I I had a hard time sleeping that night because I just felt so uneasy from it. Well, so, so what I took away from it was I was like, this movie is disturbing. Mm-hmm. It's also hilarious. It's also like psychologically, because uh, I love any kind of like, so my, okay, I'm going to just get into this real quick. My thesis was about The Tempest, the Shakespeare play, because I love any story where you take a group of people and you put them like in a secluded, like, so like Lost, Mm -hmm. Gilligan's Island, Mm -hmm. Lord of the Flies, right? Where suddenly people are no longer important for who they think they are, but Mm -hmm. more of who you think they are and what they can do, right? So psychologically, like all these rich people that are on this boat and then like, who's the one that actually can like, 
fend for themselves. It's this like lady who like who's you know, cleaning the is, rooms. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's I thought that was so interesting. So psychologically a crazy movie. So when I, a movie yeah. has many different like mm-hmm. kind of, you know, feelings and points like that, I think that's that no wonder it stuck with you that way. And it's a movie that like experiencing the movie was not super fun. There were moments that I loved, but like the experience of watching it was very cringy and uncomfortable. But then thinking about it mm. after the fact felt more like, oh my gosh, <clears> I, lo- <throat> I love what they did. I love what they created. Yeah. I love what they're saying. Like everything about it, the theme of it is, is lovely. But like there's, I, and you know, Woody Harrelson's like the only person recognizable in it, but essentially it's about, you know, this luxury cruise and then it's like next level luxury. These like billionaires on this cruise and then shit goes down and some of them get stranded on an island. And you just, the whole movie also is a movie like you have no idea where it's going to go next. Like it's split up into chapters and they're very disjointed from each other. They don't necessarily relate oh, like overtly. Like it starts off yeah. being about the like the young couple and he's a model and about them at dinner. And like, oh, right. like there's, there is like, themes throughout each chapter that relate but they it's not like a clear line so when a movie makes me feel like i don't know what's going to happen next it makes me feel really uneasy like i cannot guess anything in this movie and that was a part of the fun but like the scene of them all getting violently ill on the boat we were oh my god oh my god laughing like watching these billionaires just projectile vomit vomit like become these like fragile like scared people who just don't know what's going on um there were some scenes that i will never forget i will never erase from my mind and funny story last night me and michael went to the the resort next door uh we took a shuttle to like this big fancy resort called Mauna Kea for dinner we had dinner reservations we ate dinner there uh we watched the sunset it was beautiful and then we knew that there was a trail to get from that resort back to our resort and and I had had like two martinis and an old fashioned. And I was like, let's take the trail. Let's just walk. Let's walk back. And Michael was like, are you sure? Are you sure it's going to get dark? And I was like, no, we'll be fine. So we leave the the dinner and it's starting to get dark. And I was like, I'm sure it's fine. They said it was a 20 minute walk between the two resorts. We start walking. The trail is treacherous. It took us like 45 minutes in the pitch blackness with the light of our cell phones to get from one resort to the other. And we were walking past signs that were like dangerous, unstable cliff. Watch where you step and like trail closed, go around. And it was like, oh my middle, God. we're like on an island in the middle of the darkness, like by the ocean, trying to like <clears throat> walk across this cliff. And all I could think about was triangle of sadness. I was like, we're living that life. We're around the corner from a resort and we're like, we could just die here. Yeah, that's so. what was crazy. Is the could be so the end of that movie. Yeah, do you wh- people have debated like what do you think happened? If you guys spoilers, if you haven't seen it, whatever, go watch it. But yeah, go watch it. But uh, so I think that you know the very last clip is of the guy running through the jungle, like, like the boyfriend, like trying to get like I think what happened is he found out that they were where they were. And that he instantly put it together that his girlfriend's about to be murdered. So I think he's like running towards them to like stop that from happening. I think the like cleaning lady did kill her because she's having her like fantasy. Um, that's what I think. I it it is <clears throat> yeah. What do you think happened? I think there's no way she didn't try to kill her. Yeah, she was ready to. She had she had asked, crazy in her eyes. So here's the funny thing. 
a lot of times when there's a movie like this in an interview they'll ask like an actor or an actress like so in your mind what do you think happened and the actor is always like well you know the beauty of this movie is that you leave it up to the audience to you know Uh uh-huh they ask the actress who played the cleaning woman Mm -hmm. like what do you think happened she's like oh she killed her yeah (laughs) (laughs) for sure she was like no i had she's like she's like i had to play she's like that's what i think she would have done yeah so you know so that's kind of cool that she was so like open about it yeah yeah that's great yeah, it was, it was a wild ride, and we had to have, like, a palate cleanser after that movie because we were just like, I can't go to bed on this note. But yeah. I am glad I watched it. It's not a movie that I regret seeing. It just was a journey that I was not yeah, expected yeah. to go on. Totally. Great. <clears throat> All right, let's pop off about TV. All right, what are you watching? Oh, my God. Okay. Avatar The Last Airbender. I know you haven't, so you haven't seen the cartoon series, right? I haven't consumed any Avatar okay. at all. It's next to Buffy. It's like my favorite show ever. Mm-hmm. The ever, animated ever. Avatar one. and Korra. Yeah, yeah, the animated one. I've never seen the M. Night Shyamalan film. Everybody's like, please don't ever watch it. So I've never seen it. Sure. Um, I was really, really excited for this series. Like, like the trailers made me emotional. Like I was crying during the trailers, right? <laughs> um, I have so many thoughts about this series. And, and the main two that I take away so far are that like people who are and again, I love the animated series. It's one of my favorite things in the world. But people who are like so devoted to it, who can't understand that like, so this is an eight episode adaptation mm-hmm. of a 22 episode season, mm-hmm. right? So there's obviously there's stuff that's going to get cut out. Obviously things are going to get moved around. If you can accept that, fine. The attitude I try to go into things with now is that like, it's just a different version. Like we're living in the era of the multiverse and you can't accept that it's just a different version. Mm-hmm. Like, sure. And, and that's what I don't understand is, is how many versions, how many different stories, how many different versions of Batman do we have? But Avatar can't have like two or three, like give me right. a break. Right. Yeah. So that stuff doesn't really bother me. Like the remixing and the kind of moving stuff around and the reformatting, like that's kind of fine. The only thing that kind of really is bothering me is that I feel like, the quality of the show dips and like goes back and forth. There's some scenes that are like, anytime they film in like a location, I'm like, Oh, this is great. I love this. They're in the forest, whatever. But then there's some scenes where you're like, what? this is so green screen. Like why? Mm. Like why? Mm. You know? So that feels a little weird. And when they set, when the creators of this or the showrunners of this kind of version, say that like you know we kind of want to give it like a game of thrones as kind of and i'm like well game of thrones had a humongous ass budget that mm-hmm. like allowed them to film in real spaces and make things that look real and not like cheap for instance the costuming in this show i think is gorgeous it's some of the most beautiful costumes ever but they look like costumes mm-hmm. like they don't look lived in they're everything's too clean yeah. you know what i mean like I'm sorry, but if I'm living in the fucking Arctic, like wandering around in like a water tribe outfit with fur and everything, like it's going to be kind of wet. It's going to be kind of mangled. It's going to be kind of, you know, and it just looks like literally like Perfect. it came out of the dry dry cleaning bag and like, boop, mm-hmm. like placed on someone. So that's a little weird. I think the acting though, like especially from a couple of them is pretty good. I'm excited about it. I'm excited about like the idea of hopefully we get another season. I try to, again, I try to give any show a chance when like for instance Buffy my favorite thing in the world that first season it's not amazing no 
but look at how amazing like it became yeah right is this supposed to to grow is this supposed to be like the first season of many well so the original avatar cartoon was three seasons and because he's like so it has the same okay guys if you know about this you can skip this part but it has the same kind of mythology as like buffy where like every generation there's an avatar right gotcha and and there's Okay, so like the beginning of the show, everybody's going to laugh. The beginning of the show is Katara, one of the main characters, her voiceover. She says, long ago, the four nations lived together in harmony. And then everything changed when the Fire Nation attacked. So basically, like, there are air nomads who are people that are like monks who can like control like air, like bend Mm -hmm. air, right? And then there's water tribe people who are like based kind of like an Inuit, Alaskan kind of like and like other, um, other indigenous like tribes, like Asian tribes they're based on that and they can bend water. So they live at like the North pole and the South pole. Then there's like earth kingdom people who can bend earth and then fire nation people who are kind of like based in like Japan and China and whatever. Um, So people in this world, some people can't bend at all. Some people can bend the element of where they like the nation they live in. Right. So once a generation and the the cycle goes um, earth, fire, air, water. And what that means is that like every generation, there's one person who can bend all four elements. Sure. And, and it's like, if it's like a fire nation person, then the next generation, that person will be reincarnated into the air oh. nomad. Then it'll go, the cycle goes. So like, for instance, Ang, that last airbender, right? He's an airbender, but he can, he comes from the air nation, but he can bend all four elements. That's why legend of Korra, she comes from the water tribe. And she can bend all four elements, but she was born in like the water tribe, right? So anyway, so um, the first season of the cartoon is called Water, where he's learning to bend water. The second season is called um, Earth, and the third season is called Fire. So they're adapting the three seasons of, hopefully, if it does well enough, of the cartoon series so this whole first season they didn't call it water but it's basically like the theme of it is like what the water element Mm. um who knows if they'll do more after that because all the comics basically pick up like right where the show left off and the comics connect uh the last airbender to the legend of korra Mm. so like they could just keep going you know if they wanted to would you um, say that like this show on netflix is a great entry point for someone who's like never watched any avatar like would we be able to pick it up i think for the most part yes but i would 100 percent recommend that you just watch the cartoon okay like first mm-hmm. you know and th- th- you know they're like 20 minute chunks 22 minute chunks okay um and it's it's sort of like buffy like there's a few episodes season one where you're like oh, okay what and but then by the end you're like oh my god mm-hmm. like super philosophical like there are moments in the show in avatar and in Korra that like super mean personal things to me because mm. they've helped me through like difficult times you know what i mean like yeah <clears throat> it's it's just a very interesting and philosophical show um but anyway i i tweeted something that was like if anything would get me to believe that that twitter that x whatever you want to call it is like garbage yeah. <laughs> it would be avatar the last airbender because i'm seeing because i saw so many this is the worst adaptation I've ever seen in my life tweets. Mm-hmm. And just as many, this is the best thing I've ever seen in my time. Tra- I'm like, so it's all noise guys. You're all screaming right. into the toilet of the internet. Like, mm-hmm. and I also said, cause I knew, I knew that if that's all I said, it would instigate people to be like, well, I don't like it. Eh. And I said, also this show is making me happy. Yeah. I know it's not perfect, 
but I was looking forward to it. It's making me happy. And that's what I need right now. So if you are somebody who feels the need to comment something, your negative opinion about the show as a response to this tweet, I'm going to ask you why you're an asshole and why you feel the need to shit on someone's happiness. Like, yeah. don't you have something better to do? Right. Go do something else. So anyway, that's how I feel about the show. Okay. Okay. <laughs> um, so I'm very excited that it, that it came out and um, I'm going to watch it multiple, multiple times. Um, it, it shows you scenes that they talked about stuff happening mm -hmm. in the cartoon that you didn't really get to see. It shows you some of those things, which is kind of cool. Um, other than that, I mean, I've been watching a lot of TV, but I will race through some of this. I don't need to talk extensively about it. Uh, the Great North is a cartoon I love. It's come back now for, I think it's third season. There's like three episodes out. Um, but it's just a really fun show about a family in Alaska. You know, it's like, it's like a lot of the people, same people that worked on Bob's Burgers. Oh, um, fun. Is that cartoon? Wendy and, yeah. yeah. Wendy and Lizzie Molyneux, who are um, really, really amazing writers and, and creators. They created this show. They worked on Bob's Burgers. Um, and their sisters, they are, um, they're really funny. I just th think that the show is really cool. Um, and my friend Dulce does a voice on it. So like, it's just kind of neat to see like the show. Um, but another show that takes place in Alaska that I finished was True Detective. Everyone's talking about True Detective. Have you seen it? No, I've never watched any True Detective. So I haven't either, but I watched this season just because I was like, oh, Jodie Foster and the, yeah. and the act and the, the um director is a mexican woman who's who, oh. who made a movie that i liked um and i think i believe she wrote and directed the whole thing i know some people who are um indigenous who have commented that like there's a lot about this they really don't like mm -hmm. you know but um the reviews and the viewership are like out, out of this world they're like you know it, like it had the highest viewership of any true detective the highest ratings, all that stuff. Um, I will say that I love true crime stuff, but anytime they mix supernatural with true crime, I'm like, I kind of, I'm kind of not there yeah. for it because I'm like, well, then it could be anything. Sure. You know, um, but they do a good job by the end, I think, of the show of managing like what you thought was going on or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, but I recommend, you know, give it a chance if you want. Um, we started a new show called Constellation, haven't heard of that. which is about, yeah, it's an Apple show about this woman who's an astronaut on the, on the um, International Space Station. And um, essentially something hits the space station and like it causes this huge commotion and some, you know, some, someone's injured and they're trying to figure out what's going on. So she goes outside and she like opens up this thing where like obviously something collided and when she pulls it out, it's it's like fabric she pulls on it and and it turns around and it's uh a, a dead russian cosmonaut hmm. and there she's like what and like clearly like in a suit that like hasn't been used for years but like a person like That's crashed crazy. into this like what huh. and she somehow like the show is basically about her getting back to earth and her daughter being like i don't know who you are you're not my mother yeah so we've only seen the first episode weird um scott and i also watched the connors and abbott elementary they both came back um they're both good they're both funny um you know obviously so many people are watching abbott the the thing i noticed about um abbott that quinta brunson who was just on hot ones also talked about which i loved is that there's sort of this so people complained in the first season of abbott elementary that um that Janine's clothes were like really bad. That her like, why is she dressed bad? Why is why does her hair suck? 
like you know and she's like because it's it's the character is she the principal like no she's oh, the, the main girl t- the main teacher yeah oh gotcha um and now she's starting to look more stylish right mm. but in the third season she has a different job and i was like so for me this makes a lot of sense because same with ugly betty i don't know if you ever watched ugly betty yeah but like in the final season, it's not that she's like, oh, I need to be fashionable. It's that she's moving up in the company. So she's like, people need to take me seriously. So I need to mm-hmm. look professional. Mm-hmm. And that's a style progression. And I was like, that's kind of cool. The same thing's happening on Abbott. Um, I love that. Other than that, it's just Drag Race. Yeah, so much Drag Race. I, I'm completely caught up. I watched uh, the newest episode in this hotel room. Um, what are your thoughts? Um, I saw a lot of people complaining that Snatch Game was bad. I don't think it was bad. It was I fine. think some of it was, yeah, it was fine. Um, I have a lot of thoughts. I'll try I to thought, narrow I, them down. Yeah. Um, I think what was said about Nymphia by Rue is kind of true. Like, she's so cerebral, but she's also, like, kind of just stuck on this. Yeah. Like, they want to see versatility, and I think she has been versatile. Look at what she came out on, on the runway. Mm-hmm. You know, every, every one of her runways hasn't been yellow banana, mm-hmm. but, like, that is also her thing. And I think for branding wise, it's smart. She's not going to have any issue after the show mm-hmm. being known, being, you know, whatever. Um, I actually think Anna Delvey could have been really funny, but really like she funny. just wasn't in the character quite, you know, mm-hmm. well. Um, I'm kind of shocked that playing Jane did so well. Not that, I mean, I think she's very talented, but I didn't expect her to like do so great. I didn't great. expect her to win. Yeah. It should have been Safira. I kind of think so too. But um, it's interesting because um, I was watching Mira Mangle who reviews Drag Race this morning and she talked about how um, Nymphia and uh, Plasma and Plain Jane now each have two wins. Mm. And that's crazy because that means that Safira and Q only have one win each. Mm -hmm. And you know who doesn't have any? Dawn. Dawn. Yeah. (laughs) And I think that Dawn thinks she's Look, look, she's an, obviously an amazing drag queen. She's on Drag Race. I'm not trying to shit on her or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's just my personal opinion. I think Dawn thinks she's super original and interesting way more than she is. is. <laughs> <laughs> like, I think she, I think that she's like probably like she's had no wins mm-hmm. and she's, but she's also had no bottoms. So yeah. she's like safe, just like completely safe the whole time. You know, yeah. however, next week is a so another sewing challenge. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, oh, bye bye, Maya. Oh, yeah. that was my other opinion about Drag Race, and someone's gonna come for me when I say this. Sorry, guys, but it's just my, just what I think. I don't think Maya's Snatch Game was good. Oh, really? And I don't understand. Well, uh, sorry about it, but I can go. Oh yeah, bitch! I can do that too. Like anybody can do that. Yeah, she's very. Uh, I mean, she is. She is a little one note with like when she does open up, it's like a very specific thing. But like you could say that about a lot of the drag queens, but. Yeah, it wasn't like, I mean, it was, she was like kind of just you're being proud herself. of what she did. Like, yeah, girl, it wasn't anything on. that we're going to talk about later. No, we're never going to refer to that. No. Um, yeah, I, I, I really appreciate Dawn just because of her consistency and like her ability to really lean into each challenge. Like she's never really like tightened up or stumbled. She does really well, but it's still not. I don't think she's like super original, but I do appreciate her. I think my favorite is Safira. I've been falling more and more in love with Safira every really episode. Good. I just think she's like, she represents this like old school motherly drag, but she's also like really, you know, 
turns out beautiful looks. She's great at the challenges. I think she is like yeah. a step above most of the queens. Um, I'm trying to like evolve my feelings about plain Jane because I was really on the like, I don't like her train because of just how nasty she is. And I appreciated hearing Trixie and Katya talk about her because they were just like, yeah, she's nasty. Drag queens are nasty. The drag queens are drug dealers and drug users and the craziest people you'll meet. And like, this is, they are not writing for a, being a politician. They do not need to be likable. They can do whatever they want. So like, let her be a bitch. Who cares? That's what drag queens Look, can I remember be. like my first year of college when I started going to drag shows uh, with Tom. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> right? Uh -huh. We were like, oh, drag queens are mean. Oh, yeah. they're bitchy. Uh-huh. And like, even, so even Coco Peru, who is, a friend of mine who like mm -hmm. I who I think is one of the kindest people I've ever met in my life. Mm -hmm. Her persona in movies was like this bitter, mean, sure kind of you know, that's not who she really is, but that's her person that was her persona. Yeah. And like I just remember thinking once once drag race was like, oh, but you need to be vulnerable. We need to fall in love with you. We need to mm -hmm. I was like, what? And I think there is something to be said about like being someone that you feel like you can relate to and that is likable. And that's why I love Jinx Monsoon. And that's why, you know, even like Alaska, yeah. like she can be this like over the top weird personality and be a human being. And it is nice to see both sides. And like, I do think there's something about playing Jane where she is actually just kind of mean. Like, I do think that is who she is. It doesn't mean mm -hmm. that she should be torn apart on the internet or doesn't deserve to be there. Or isn't an amazing drag queen or isn't like worthy of killing it on the show. Cause she's doing amazing and she deserves that. Praise. Oh, I don't think she's, I don't think she's really done bad. Right. No, she's like, done great. And she looks great. And she's, she's doing the assignment well, but is she someone that I would like pay to do a meet and greet for? Probably not just cause I'm like, Oh, her energy is kind of toxic, but like she's still great at what she's doing. And that's just yeah. my opinion. But, um, yeah, I I was really shocked with how the judging went in the last episode because I didn't think Plain Jane deserved to win. And I thought Nymphia definitely deserved to be in the bottom. I thought it was weird that she wasn't just because her look was I, that great. But like her snatch game was so bad that I was I was so thinking she needed that. There's a so the reason that she wasn't in the bottom, in my opinion. I mean she was in the bottom, but the reason she wasn't in the bottom too. Yeah. Was that um now I have heard that now when you go to drag race they ask you to photograph all of your looks before mm. you bring them. What that tells me is that the producers are looking at everyone's looks and going, okay, so here's the order of the episodes. Here are, is the order of the runways. As the show progresses, whose runways are not great. Like it's a TV show. They want yeah. to show the best, the best runways the best. they can. Mm -hmm. And so to see that maybe Nymphia has the best runways or that Q has the best runways, well, obviously they're going to go kind of far. So you're like, oh, well, we can't have Nymphia in the bottom. But maybe let's put morphine and tsunami there because maybe some of their looks aren't as up to snuff as like Nymphia's. And so we're going to keep Nymphia. She's safe. That makes sense. You know, like that's to me, I think that's kind of why they might have done yeah. that. Um, yeah. I think it's also giving... why I was just saying, I think it's also why on like international seasons and all star seasons, they bring the girls back mm -hmm. at the end mm -hmm. because they all they all obviously brought something amazing that they were going right. to wear in the finale. Yeah. So why not show that? You know, I think they're giving Nymphia as many chances as they can to like be fully developed because she has so much potential to be such a huge deal from the show. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. I, yeah. I think she said something in the last episode about like, you know, typically a lot of Asian people are, we're like really soft spoken and mm -hmm. we're told like, we're not supposed to make big waves. And so I do think that's an interesting storyline for her to, to kind of like go through yeah. on this show is that like, you know, and she talks about like, I don't, I really don't like to open up sometimes about who I am and my mm -hmm. thoughts and feelings. And so if that's her journey, great. 
And she doesn't have to. She doesn't have to tell us everything about her. Like you're on mm-hmm. a drag race, a, a, a drag queen competition show. Like you don't have to tell us about but your but child. Just look, so like, I do think that it's interesting to, in this last episode where she was talking about like, well, I'm really proud though to be from Vietnam. We were the first country in Asia to like legalize yeah. gay marriage. Yeah, that's you know? amazing. It's, it's. Do you watch UK versus the world? I haven't started it yet. Okay, so it's very interesting to to like juxtapose that with the conversation that happened on UK versus the world on the same night mm-hmm. because Marina Summers, who's probably my favorite this, on that season, she's from Drag Race Philippines. And she was talking about like, we don't have any protections. We don't have any laws, nothing mm-hmm. in the Philippines, mm-hmm. like nothing, nothing to protect us, nothing to like anything. Um, And she said that, which I think this is so interesting. And if, if this is all the show ever did, amazing. But she said like, you know, but when Drag Race Philippines aired, like people started to have conversations in our country about like the you know, conversations that they haven't had in like over 10 years mm-hmm. about like, we need, we need to like change some things. We need to like have some laws that, you know, and so it's interesting, like the reach that the show has had. And like, you know, we think that drag race kind of just changed like the way that drag was done in other countries and the way people see drag queens, but if it's changing like political, you know, like opinions and laws mm-hmm. and like, that's kind of incredible. So mm-hmm. there's another queen um la grande dame and i think it was her she's from france she was saying like she said you know she got completely gay bashed like like had to redo her entire self because Mm -hmm. like she was in the hospital and beaten so severely and that the police were like well yeah but you know that happens every weekend what do you expect and she's like and we do have laws in france that are supposed to like you know help us but like even when we do have those laws people still like don't care yeah so um, it was kind of an interesting perspective. And I think when they have those conversations on Drag Race, they're always kind of interesting to to think about and, and totally. go through, you know. Yeah. Anyway, what have you been watching? <laughs> well, I've been uh, re-watching for the thousandth time the original X-Men animated series Ooh, all right. uh, on Disney+. Plus. Uh, so as if, if any of you don't know, X-Men the animated series is probably my favorite animated show of all time. Um Probably number one. And, you know, it was a huge part of my childhood. It ran from like 1992 to like 96 or so. And it was a huge deal. It was a big deal to me and to you and to a lot of our friends. And they are rebooting it on Disney Plus with a cartoon called X-Men 97. So it's picking up where the cartoon left off, like, what, 30 years later? That is such a huge deal for me to have this cartoon that was so impactful in my life be picked back up. And start where we left off, because it is my favorite rendition of the X-Men. It's also, like, my first rendition I've ever seen. But it was such a satisfying It's a lot of people's, uh, so many people of our generation's, like, introduction to comics, introduction. to X-Men. Yes, to, mm-hmm. it was my introduction to Marvel, to, to like, Same. you know, I, before X-Men, the, before the X-Men cartoon, I just liked Superman and Batman. I just liked those two. And then the I, may, cartoon, I had maybe heard of Spider-Man. Sure, yeah, I had heard of Spider-Man, but I didn't really care started watching the X-Men cartoon and just fell in love with all these different characters, a whole different concept of what superheroes could be. And they could just be anybody and just suddenly have power. So I could go into depths about it, but like I've been rewatching the show. It's really fun to rewatch and just to kind of refresh where we were when we left off. And cause the, the new season starts March 20th. So a day before my birthday, we get new X-Men nice. cartoon episodes and I am dying for them. So that's super exciting. I also That's what I did with Avatars. I rewatched the whole series yeah, in preparation totally. to watch the new thing that uh-huh. came out. So yeah. I should do that. I should rewatch X-Men so that I can oh, totally. yeah, it's, jump in. I mean, it, it yeah. is it's it's such a 
fun show to rewatch. It's so many fun moments and like they they dove deep into a lot of, you know, social concepts and you know, there's there's backlash about the new the new reboot because like morph is non-binary and it's like if Girl, you're gonna complain, you like if if you're gonna complain about that, then like you don't understand the X Men at all. Like it's always right. I love been... the people who are like, "Oh, X Men's woke now." I'm like, "When was it asleep?" It has <laughs> always been woke, like from the beginning. Yeah, hello. Like it was always. You're the basically... people. You're the people protesting with the muties signs. Muties go exactly. Home. It's like yeah, let's let's bring that out because that's literally what it's here to do, and like it's an allegory for being queer. So like come on like okay you can fight all you want but yeah. like you must not understand it don't watch it i don't care so yeah i've been watching the new season of love is blind love is blind season six um because netflix needs to continue to run this experiment on if love is blind which i love that they still even try to have that narrative because like if this is really an experiment like at season six you think that we'd have enough data to know that to know no love is not obviously blind and it just gives this... i mean there's nothing wrong with like needing or wanting to be attracted to the person that you're with uh, of like, course whoa. and like yeah so it's, here's my, it's... i have a question about i have a question about love is blind this specific season okay is there a guy on it who has been using the same sort of lines on different women uh, I mean, that so, happens a lot on the show, but what okay. do you mean? So I don't watch Love is Blind, but I watch Gogglebox, which is this British show where they talk about TV shows they watch. And okay. one of them, I believe, is Love is Blind. And there was this guy who was like, um, you know, talking to a woman, like uh, on the other side oh, of the wall. Oh, yes, I know what talk about. And, and he was like, oh, I'll run away with you right now if you want. Mm -hmm. And I'll da 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 so then she goes and talks to this other woman. And, and this other woman's like, yeah, he told me that he would run away with me. And is yeah, that yeah, this yeah. season? That is the season. Ah, um, how is that yeah. going? <laughs> bad. It's all going bad. Oh, so it no. like breaks down to a few couples. There's 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 like the uh, the black couple, and they are like really beautiful in love. But then he keeps saying he he might cheat. He's afraid he's going to cheat. So that's like the current drama between them. And she's like, well, why would you even say that? So that's going on. And then there's like the religious couple, and they. Oh God are swearing to not have sex until they're married and they have zero chemistry and their shit is just falling apart. And That's then not, we have yeah, this close. other couple that are the most forgettable couple. I can't even tell you their names. I know that their only fight has been about birth control and that's like literally it. And then there's like the messy couples and there's the, uh, so there's this dude, oh, what is his name? I literally don't know any of their names. We have like nicknames for all of them. The dude I call Toehead because he looks like a toe. And then he is oh, with this girl. God. He's with this girl who told him that she told him that she looks like Megan Fox and she doesn't. And that's like not something you want to say when you're in a pod because then now he's going to picture that. And so he's the guy that's kind of been saying the same thing to everybody. And so he chose her because she said she looked like Megan Fox. And then he sees that she doesn't. And now he's like still trying to be the nice guy and stay with her. But it's obviously falling apart. It's all a big mess. But the thing I love about Love is Blind is it goes through the steps of these dating shows, you know, like The Bachelor and Love at First Sight. All these other shows, they stretch out the storyline for like 25 episodes. Love is Blind is like a clean 10 episodes. Like they go through it so fast. They go through like, okay, they meet, they get engaged, they meet their family, they move in together, and then they go to the altar. Like they go through the huh. drama so quickly. And like if you try to watch The Bachelor, which I rarely do, it is constantly trying to leave you with cliffhangers and like you know it cuts to a commercial then when it comes back from commercial they recap everything there's just so much exposition yeah. 
it gets exhausting. Love is Blind, it's Netflix, there's no commercials. They just like blast through the drama and it's very satisfying. So I eat nice. it up. Um, so <clears> they, <throat> have, good. they have the last few episodes coming out on the 28th. They, they release episodes in chunks. So when they come out, I just eat them up. And then yeah. the last show that I have started watching, I haven't finished it, but I've been in love with it is Fellow Travelers. Have you watched Fellow Travelers? I've seen the first episode. Okay. I liked it. I just haven't like, you know, gone back into it. Yeah. So um, it's, it's about these two guys that meet in like the fifties and it's during the McCarthy era, which is really good to learn more about. Cause it's essentially Americans acting like straight up Nazis trying to eliminate gay people, especially working in the government and doing these intense investigations to see if you're gay, including like going into your apartment and searching through your closet and your like, your diary like they go through everything to catch you to catch you and then it turns out that like so many people in politics who are in charge of this happening and you know forcing this on everyone are also secretly gay just like the self-hatred is that strong they were trying to like institute it into our, in our into our government so it follows these two guys that meet in this mccarthy era they work for the government and it cuts between like them being in the 50s and falling in love and their weird some sub dom energy and then cutting to them in the 80s when like one of them is dying of aids um so it's heavy but matt bomber i've always kind of wrote him off a little bit because he's on american horror story and just like i don't know cheesy shows and he's so good looking he's incredible he's like a solid actor he's killing it and then jonathan bailey who plays the other guy is incredible. I love him him too. And it's a big deal because they're both queer people in real life and they're playing queer people. And it just, it feels so much more authentic knowing that you're watching two queer guys portray a queer relationship. I just think there's depth there that you don't get in like, call me by your name. So I'm really loving it. It's it's a show that I'm kind of slowing down watching. So I'm trying to actually savor it. Uh, I'm just, I'm so into it. I love it. I think it's a really well-made show. So I did really like the first episode. The only other thing I've seen is, so Jonathan Bailey is in the Wicked movie, right? Okay. And a trailer came out for that. And he's only in one shot. And it's where like her green hand is on his face, right? Mm. And somebody took a shot from fellow travelers. (laughs) And it's a shot where Jonathan Bailey has Matt Bomber's like entire foot in his mouth, right? (laughs) (laughs) And someone painted, like photoshopped, the foot green the entire leg green and they were like this wicked trailer is in <laughs> oh my god that's amazing <laughs> that's amazing i love it you know, uh, that's something i watched yeah um like ten thousand times sure was this new wicked trailer so yeah i mean i've waited cool. like 20 plus years for this movie so we'll see totally um all right should we, should we move on to yeah go ahead what are you listening to well while i was in um canada I purchased some K-pop albums. <laughs> cool. So there's a group called NCT. Um, and essentially they have like little subgroups. One of them is NCT Dream. One of them is NCT 127. So it'd be like if like NSYNC, if like three of those members formed a little subgroup mm. and called it NSYNC Dream. And <laughs> then two of the other members and maybe one from NCT or from NSYNC Dream, you know, formed a different group. And they called it in sync one two seven. So it's basically what this yeah. is. But um, I purchased their NCT Dream second album called Glitch Mode because they're very smart when they when they um, produce these albums. They like on the shelf it was the album, but it was like 
five different covers, all of a different like photograph of a different member. So it's like, well, if you love the whole group and, if, and you're a collector, you want to have all of them. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just bought my favorite one because he's okay. <laughs> Gino and, <laughs> okay. and I love him. So I was like, okay, I'll buy his. Um, and it's a fun album. It's like kind of like there's one song on it called Arcade and um, like another song called like Better Than Gold, Fire Alarm. So they're kind of like, kind of like, you know, not techno, but it's like electronic-y kind of. Mm-hmm. Um, and then NCT 127, I bought their album, which was um, called Fact Check. It's their fifth album. But part of the reason that I like buying these albums, because I, I don't, I haven't bought albums in years right is that like it comes in like like this looks like a book right and like i mean you know that people listening can't see it but like you open it up and there's like posters and there's stickers in it oh yeah and then there's like an entire photo book that comes with it and then in the very back is like the cd that's so funny so like that's how they package these things and they're so cool so it's kind of fun to like collect and whatever but other than that the only thing I've been listening to is Madonna because that's what we went to Vancouver for is the Madonna so concert. What, what, were, what were your main takeaways of the show? I thought it was incredible. You know, mm. consistently, I guess in the, her last three or four shows, she's been going on at 1030 and the show's supposed to start at 830. Um, and they had a DJ. So we got there at like nine because we were like, mm-hmm. whatever. Um, you know, we got our VIP stuff. We got our like Madonna hat and lithograph and bag. And Scott was ah. so great. And, like booked these amazing tickets. We had really good seats um, because this, this, there's a stage. But then the stage has like a long runway that comes out mm-hmm. and then like two little runways each to the side. And we were sort of like, like if you turned to the left, you could see the the long runway. And then we were like almost right in front of the small runway on the right. Anyway, um, <clears throat> it was a really, really good show. She came on at 930. So we were like, oh, Ooh, she's early when really she's like an hour late. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know. Um, Bob was so incredible. I was going to so, ask. Like, Bob's not necessarily like her opening act, which some people assume. Bob like is integrated into the show. So Bob comes out dressed in like the Marie Antoinette Madonna mm-hmm. look. And she's like, the year is 1984. And it's like she narrates her whole fucking life. And it was really cool. Um, I got super excited when, you know, like sometimes it's something just takes you over and you're like, oh, mm-hmm. I didn't realize. But like Open Your Heart was the mm-hmm. song that like, really i was like almost crying mm-hmm. um and like a prayer is my favorite madonna song yeah. but the version she sang was so different that i was like oh okay whatever cool it's a different mm-hmm. version but i didn't get like super excited mm-hmm. um <clears throat> crazy for you was awesome to hear um so during the show she does like um uh, an aids tribute mm-hmm. um during like live to tell and shows like a million pictures of people who died of aids is really sad um and then she also sang a song that I didn't know that she dedicated to her mom. And she, and because she was like saying that she, you know, held a huge grudge, you know, toward her mom for years and years and that she could easily do that and that she need, knows she needs to work on that. And then during that song, a bunch of other pictures show, like were shown of other people that she had like feuded with, which was weird. Who was Because I was like, well, is she, well, well, one was like Sean Penn. Oh, yeah. And then this one, this one, like, kind of got me i almost started crying was the fu- so each one was just like a banner right mm-hmm. but then she's standing in the middle of the stage and like there's like three kind of sections of a huge electronic screen behind her the middle one went black because she's standing there so it was just like her <clears throat> but then the two on the side were the same picture of Sinead o'connor and i was like oh my god because like she publicly feuded with her pretty badly huh. i didn't know that but yeah i'll tell you that but um but she then started singing Don't Cry For Me Argentina. 
mm-hmm. from Evita, right? Because mm-hmm. she, Madonna was in Evita and she sure. played that role. But famously, Sinead O'Connor also recorded that song on one of her albums. So I was like, oh, this is like an interesting connection. <clears throat> it was all because like Sinead ripped up a picture of the Pope. Right. And Madonna was like, well, he means a lot to some people. And, you know, I don't think you should do that, whatever. So she was like defending this, like, I don't know, Catholic abuse, whatever. Sure. But um, Sinead then went on to say, like, in an interview, which I think is so funny, because every interview I've seen with Sinead, she's very calm. Mm-hmm. She's very quiet. For as, like, outspoken and crazy and loud. She's only ever like that in her music. Mm-hmm. But when she's speaking, she's just, like, super calm and quiet and collected. And I don't think she was capable of telling a lie. Mm-hmm. And they asked her about this feud, and she was like, well... Madonna is someone who I think means a lot to a lot of people. <laughs> and she's like, and and when she says that she's a champion for women's rights, I don't understand why she would come for me and basically say that I look like I got in a fight with a lawnmower. Like yeah. coming for another woman's looks isn't really championing women, if you ask me. Mm-hmm. But she's like not like yelling it. She's just like chill, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, so that was kind of their feud, whatever. But I was like, and it kind of makes me like bitter that I'm like, oh, well, where were you when she was alive? Now you're like, oh, well, I forgive sure. her or whatever. Like, that's sure. fucked up. But that's neither here nor there. The entire concert was really fun. Um, during Vogue, they did like the, like basically a ball where like all the dancers would like walk up and down the stage and Bob mm-hmm. was like, category is, you know, whatever. Um, and um, one of the, like, there was like a young girl who was like uh, voguing and duck walking and it was Madonna's daughter. Oh my God. Um, <clears throat> but every, every show, they bring up a guest mm-hmm. like onto the stage to, to sit with Madonna and they both have number signs. So they're like mm-hmm. 10 or whatever, you know? Mm-hmm. And we were wondering who it was going to be because a lot of them have been like drag queens. So like Aquaria was one, I think in New York, Ms. Yeah. Cracker was in Seattle, Miss Fame, playing Jane. Right. And then the rest of them are just like people, a lot of people I don't know or whatever. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Anyway, we were like, who is it? Who is it? And then this woman comes up, this blonde woman. And, and I was like, I don't recognize her. And she was wearing like a black turtleneck and a skirt. And she was like, no, no makeup. Her hair was just in a ponytail. And I was like, okay, she's cute. Whatever. Like, who is this lady? I don't know. The more I looked at her, I was like, that's Pam Anderson. Oh my God. It was Pam Anderson. That's so amazing. that was kind of fun. Yeah. Um, all the lights, like the, the way that they were designed, it was really cool. You know, and she floated above the stage several times in this box. Mm. It was like a once in a lifetime thing. And, um, and that's why the next day Scott couldn't really do much because he was dancing around so much. Yeah, he yeah. Got, he got he got poor thing got some blisters on his oh. feet because of his Doc Martens. But, um, but yeah, it was really crazy. That it was a once in a lifetime thing. That is a it's just interesting thing. to to hear like how many hits she's had and how much. Yeah, and I know. love how many like deep cuts she did and like songs yeah. that you like wouldn't think that she'd bring back and she did that would be so satisfying well there was a couple moments where she did like bits of other songs so that like mm, it felt sure. like a medley so that sure. i think a lot of people wouldn't feel like oh well she didn't do this song or whatever right um <clears throat> but yeah it was it was fun cool. i love that yeah what about you well beyonce came out with two new songs 16 carriages mm-hmm. and texas hold'em um and they're both so incredible so 16 carriages is like an epic power ballad and then texas hold'em is her first like it's not her first country song because she did daddy lessons on her uh i think self-titled or no it's on lemonade um but i love hearing beyonce sing country so much so the fact that she's coming out with a country album and she's like i don't know like honoring that country music came from black people I'm hoping for some amazing visuals, but that first song is just, it's an earworm. It is stuck in my head pretty much all the time. Cannot wait. And other than that, like I'm just anticipating so many albums that are coming out. So 
pretty much you name them, they're coming out with an album in the spring. So we have Beyonce coming out <laughs> with a new album in March. We have Ariana Grande coming out with an album. We have Dua Lipa, Taylor Swift in April. Uh, Kim Petras just came out with a new version of Slut Pop. And then Paris Hilton is coming out with a new album in the summer. So I'm just oh anticipating God. like, and then there's rumors about Gaga coming out with music. She's posted pictures of her in the studio. So it's going to be an epic spring and summer. And I am so here for it because I love the summer and I love pop music during the summer. And so I feel like we're going to have this like amazing library. So I can't wait to uh, update this podcast as those things get released. Um, yeah. One, I, I'm most excited of all of those for Beyonce's album, like even more than Taylor Swift's new album. Like I am stoked to hear a Beyonce country <clears throat> album. I think that's going to be revolutionary. So, and it's I'll her. I'll the one thing. Oh, go ahead. Oh, it's her part two of the Renaissance. So she has, when she came out oh. with Renaissance, it was like Renaissance part one, and it's supposed to be a three part project. So this is part two is going to be country. So her first oh. one was like part one was disco and um, like the ball scene. And then part two is country. So three, we have no idea. She might go back to just doing hip hop R&B. It might be rock music. I don't know. It could be anything. So it's a fun. Oh my god! What if it's like following. K-pop? No I'm kidding. Oh, you would die. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so um, yeah, I'm just excited about all the new music coming out. The the one thing that I think is really insane is people who are like, "Why is Beyonce doing country?" I'm like, "She is from Texas. <laughs> She's from Texas, and why can't she like, do country? Why do you, and why do you, yeah? Why do you care? Like, yeah, I, I think it's amazing that Dolly Parton like said something about like, oh, oh. Beyonce is amazing, and this is so great that she's doing country. Like, why do people care? Like. Yeah. I mean, it's it's giving it's giving racism. <laughs> it is. It is. And like her voice in a country song, it's so fitting in its own way. And it's yeah, like, it does sound really nice. It sounds really good. And it's like number one in the country charts. And I'm like, hell yeah, Beyonce. Oh, is I, I read that there charts. are like I read that there are like radio stations that w- refuse to play it because uh, because it's Beyonce. And I'm yeah. like. Well, she's she's gonna take country to a place that it needed to be taken to, and I'm it's it's been long overdue for like yeah. I love country music, but I I don't listen to a lot of it because a lot of it is kind of shitty. But when it's good, it's good. I have this and, I have this weird feeling about country people. Some I've said this before, and someone was like, "Oh, totally," mm-hmm. but I feel like <clears throat> this is this is awful. Someone's gonna come for me. I feel like a lot of male country singers. If I heard if I heard a male country singer on the radio. I would not be able to tell you who it was. Oh, no way. If I heard, but, but I could be like, oh, that's Reba. Oh, that's Shania. Oh, that's, that's you know, Grace. oh, yeah. that's Karen. Oh, that like, that's the chicks. I, that's Dolly. That's mm-hmm. like, I could be, I could tell you the difference in their voices. Mm-hmm. A lot of the male country singers, I can't do that for. I, I think that's totally fair. I think there's kind of a and, blueprint for a male country singer. Right. For me, and I'm not saying across the board, but for me, a lot of the country music I've heard from male singers is like my truck and I lost my girl mm-hmm. and whatever. And a lot of the music I hear from women in country is like, you effed me over. Yeah. Watch out. Yeah. And I think that's for me, that's more of what I want to hear. Yeah. Men, it's like, <laughs> I love my country. Like, it's a lot of like yeah. patriotic stuff. And like, yeah, thank you. for females, yeah, it's a lot more like empowered. I'm on my own. I'm, I can do this like as a female. Yeah. And I love that. um well we should probably start thinking about wrapping it up because we've been going for so long that's true (laughs) um but did you want to pop off about books real quick sure i basically the only thing i'm reading is the rise of kiyoshi which is an avatar novel oh nice it's (laughs) it's about one of the previous yeah it's one about it's about um 
one of the previous avatars and she was like real badass uh before thing um but other than that that's the only thing i'm really reading right now it's a very okay. thick book it's 400 some pages so it's gonna take me a little nice. bit um but that's it do you want to talk about social media at all oh what was i thinking of i still think it's so funny that our last notes said uh real real women have curves and neither of us wrote that down i'm so oh bogged by that where but, does that come from i know <clears throat> um gosh not really what do you have for social media so the only thing is that and the only reason i know about this is because scott loves tiktok and for the past two days two days he has been watching this saga on tiktok they are 10 minute videos there are over 40 parts so and he's been watching it double speed so that he can mm -hmm. like you know the tiktok count is is this woman named risa tisa and do you remember several years ago where there was that like Twitter thread about this woman and and her and she like her friend she like became friends with this other woman and she was a stripper and it became this crazy like drug kind of story and they made a movie out of it called Zola but it was like huh. this Twitter thread that like took over the world and it was people were reading it like captivated by it that this to me feels like the new Zola okay but it's called Who the fuck did I marry Okay I've heard about, it's about this, this woman. It's about this woman Risa I guess who marries this guy and then just like everything starts being shady like they try to buy a house and then it doesn't work for some reason they try to buy a car and it doesn't work like he says he's the vice president of the company he works for but he wears like crappy clothes to work like you know um he says his girl his ex-girlfriend just moved to georgia and that she's from california but then she finds out that she like never lived in california and she finds out that he actually doesn't have three siblings he only has two she, it's insane like the the saga that she goes on and Scott has been like, he's got his headphones on. He's been watching like every, <laughs> every new like video, um, captivated by it. But mm -hmm. that's, that's like, I think something that's like kind of taken over social media a little bit is this. That sounds wild. Mary. <clears throat> yeah. That's crazy. Anyway, well, the thing we haven't done in quite a while is a gimme more. I know we've been so caught up with catching up with all these other things. And the only thing, like when people ask like what's going on with Brittany, the only thing that has really been happening. So like social media is what it is. Um, but uh, you know, Justin Timberlake has been trying to revamp his career with a new album. And of course it goes a little sideways because Nobody cares. I mean, I can't say nobody. I don't care about Justin Timberlake. I used to. I do not anymore. And it's partly because of, you know, things that have happened in the past and come out for Britney's book and how he reacted to it. But, like, he just doesn't have the thing that he had before. He doesn't have the it factor. He doesn't draw me in. And um, so watching him perform now, it just he gives me the ick. And yeah. so he, he came out with a new song called Selfish. And... uh. Britney's fans decided to start listening to her old song called Selfish from like 2012. It was like a bonus track on Femme Fatale and Selfish at Britney's Selfish charted higher than Justin Timberlake's Selfish. No. So that was very satisfying to see. He never got above it. So that happened and I loved it because I love the pettiness of the Britney army. It's just who we are. Oh and, my God. And like Britney has nothing to do with it. And it was interesting because when that happened, she did come out with a post that said, I love Justin's new album. This song is so good. Something like that. And then it got deleted pretty soon after that. And I think it's because she's on the same label as him. And I wonder if she was asked to post that just to try to like quiet this down. But then oh. Justin Timberlake's 
doubled down and he was performing live as this whole controversy was happening, which is really funny because if you like look up Justin Timberlake Selfish, all the articles about are about Britney's song, like not his. He was performing live and he said, I won't apologize to anybody. And then saying Crimea River, which just was like in bad taste. It's like, if you want to move yeah. on, if you want us to move on from this, then like stop bringing attention to stop it. Stop bringing attention you... to it. Cause you're the one that looks terrible. And now you're trying to yeah. like say, I, I'm not sorry. And it's like, then just don't be sorry. So then what Britney's fans did is they started streaming Britney's song called Liar. And then that went above his song. So we just like keep topping his oh music. Oh my God. And I love the pettiness. And I do think that the Britney army is just derailing his career and his comeback. As Not that they even needed to. I don't think he would have done well without all this happening because he's not. Uh, but uh, it's really funny to watch happen. Just Did to, you like, see be... his performance on SNL? I watched that episode and I actually fast forwarded through his performances. I stopped for like a second just to see what it was like. And then I was like, yep, I'm not into this. So I fast forwarded. I did see him. Like, I watched dancing. it and I was like, mm, yeah, no. Yeah. Yeah. There's something to be said about just like, hey, buddy, <clears throat> like you've done a lot in your life. You don't need like that time is past. Like let other people have their time and like retire, like just yeah. chill out. You don't need to keep doing this. Um, but yeah, that's kind of it for Britney. She's, you know, her social media is fine. She's just been posting weird dance videos, but not with knives anymore. So, uh, <laughs> I don't know. I don't think I, I, I'm not as scandalized by her videos as a lot of people are. People are like, oh my God, she looks crazy. And it's like sometimes, yeah, but also like she grew up dancing crazy. So whatever. So but yeah, whatever. The Britney army has officially dethroned Justin Timberlake once again. And I love it. <laughs> well, all that's right. all I got. I'm going to go down to the pool and do a it. Cocktail. I think you deserve it. I do. I've worked hard for it. I get to go swim and drink a Mai Tai. Do it. I'm going to go have lunch, I guess. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Enjoy. All righty. Okay. We'll see you All next right. time. All right. I'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.